You're listening to Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. I am your host, Eric Konovalov, and I believe that we can achieve everything we want if we take our leadership, sales ability, and personal growth to a higher level. On this show, we share ideas on how to break through our invisible boundaries, start taking steps towards our dreams, and create the life we desire. I invite you to open your mind to new possibilities, new ideas, and to the truth that everything you want is possible for you. Thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. I hope you guys are doing great. And uh, this is the first show of 2023 that I'm recording And I got to tell you, most people are going into 2023 and we're setting our goals and we're setting, you know, all these new year resolutions. And unless we feel great, we really can't do great. So I reached out to my guest today. Her name is Rachel Shear. If you don't know Rachel, go to Instagram right now, like just pause this right now, go to Instagram and become one of her hundreds of thousands of followers, because that's how many people she helps on a daily basis with the content that she posts. And I'm one of them after following her and actually seeing Bedros follow her and a bunch of other guys who I follow, follow her. I reached out. I said, Rachel, I would love to have you on a show. And she was so kind to be here. So Rachel Shearer is a certified functional medicine nutritionist and the CEO of Rachel Shear Nutrition. And Rachel, welcome to the show. Eric, it is an honor to be on your show here today. We've already had such a great conversation off camera, so I'm excited to see where it all goes. Yes. One of the things you posted, so I'm a, I'm a coach mainly for people getting better results, right? And one of the reasons people think that they're not getting better results is because of the actions that they're taking, which is kind of true. But the reason they're taking those actions is because of the programming they have in their subconscious mind that causes a feeling that causes them to take a certain action. So if we only focus on the action part and don't address the root cause that's up here, Mm -hmm. the, the results aren't long lasting. And I saw your post about gut health and something you said was we have to address the root cause. And I'm like, yeah, this is my people here. I got to I gotta talk to Rachel. Mm-hmm. Why the gut? Why do you focus on the gut so much? Yeah. So before I dive into a little bit of the gut, you know, functional medicine, for those who don't know, it really just means root cause. I help people take a root cause approach to their health. I help people take a root cause approach to, you know, what caused the body to be off in the first place. This could be mentally, physically, but even now, as I have stepped into being a business coach, this has also been the root cause as to why, you know, we aren't growing the way we want to ultimately. Now, I actually got into fitness at a very young age. I was a gymnast and I was a dancer. So fitness for me has always been a huge part of my life. And I was really focused on looking good naked, having six pack abs though. I will say it really wasn't focused on this holistic picture of the body and how the food we ate really impacted all of these systems in the body. 
And that is also what functional medicine looks at. It looks at how the body is an interconnected system instead of a random collection of independent organs. And I had to learn this the hard way, of course, because I just, again, wanted to focus on the aesthetics. And I see this happen quite a bit in the health industry. We tend to put health in a box. We say, if you go to the gym, you lift heavy things, you eat kind of sort of healthy, you know, then you'll be healthy and fit. But then we have to ask the question, why then do so many people suffer? Why do they suffer with their physical health, losing weight? Why do they suffer with their mental health? You know, we're at a time right now where mental health issues is at an all time high. On top of that, we are the most medicated countries Mm. in one of the most unhealthy countries. So there's something here going on that Western medicine really isn't talking about. And one of those things is our gut. And I kind of share a little bit of my backstory is because, like I said, I learned this the hard way. Um, I just was focusing on eating less, working on more, counting my macros. And although I was physically fit, I honestly felt terrible on the inside. I dealt with anxiety, depression. I had acne. I had my hair falling out at one point. And it, it it evolved over time through a lot of my lifestyle. This isn't something that I had for most of my life. It tend to, tended to escalate when I got into bodybuilding. But Western medicine really failed me in a lot of ways. And I suffered with extreme, extreme gut issues where I would be bloated every single day. I would look six months pregnant. Um, and I'm not just saying like, it was like a little bloat. Um, it was like a really, really, really painful dysfunction that I would deal with on a daily basis. Um, couldn't eat anything without being in massive pain. And I was given a bunch of band-aids. I was given a bunch of, you know, what I call trash can diagnoses like IBS, which stands for irritable bowel syndrome. Um, given a medication for that. I was given a bunch of laxatives. And then for my hormones, I was given birth control. I was given thyroid medication. And they got to the point where I was even told I needed to have my large intestine removed because of how severe it was. And I know I'm kind of jumping right into it right away here, but Western medicine wasn't talking about one key thing here. And that is our gut microbiome. They were addressing all of these symptoms that I couldn't go to the restroom, that it was bloated. They were giving me birth control for my hormones. They were essentially giving me thyroid medication because my thyroid was off, but no one really asked the question, what is the root cause, which is what functional medicine looks at. And why did the body become off in the first place? And as I was at my rock bottom with all these gut issues being told I needed to have my large intestine removed, I started to learn a little bit more about, okay, let's learn a little bit about gut health. Let's learn a little bit about, you know, why I'm bloated because that was really the most debilitating symptom I had. And since my background was in nutrition and dietetics, I actually got into studying functional medicine. And I learned so much about the gut and how these little microbes in our body control literally everything 
between our hormones, between our thyroid, between our metabolism, between our brain and our mental health. And it, it took a lot of research, trial and error, like I said, becoming certified in functional medicine on top of it. So getting the credentials, but I started incorporating a lot of these things for myself and through elimination diets, taking a gut healing approach, addressing the bacteria and balances in my gut. I was able to heal my body, not just heal my gut issues, but heal my hormone imbalances, heal my mental health, the anxiety, the depression started to go away. Um, my skin started to clear up and everything in my life started to improve by that one key thing. So why is gut health important? Well, our gut is connected to every system in our entire body. And Western medicine doesn't talk about this. They don't talk about how essential it is to really focus on our microbiome. So a lot of what my practice does is we take a gut-centric approach to healing because when you heal the gut, very often we start to see improvements in all of these other areas. So I had to kind of go through it through my own struggles and story, but that's now why today, if you follow me on social media, I'm so passionate about gut healing and starting with that when we have any kind of issues in the body. Wow. I mean, who would have thought, did you ever find out what was causing the acne and the hair loss and the bloating? Yeah, my gut. But, but what, I mean, it's not just the gut, right? Like it's something that you're putting into the gut. So I had something called dysbiosis. So dysbiosis is a fancy word for an imbalance of the bacteria residing in your gut. So if you think about it, we have good bacteria. These are probiotics. Um, there are very specific strains and lactobacillus bifidobacterium. Those are very common ones that you'll see if you ever purchase probiotics. And then we have bad bacteria. So this bad bacteria can cause systemic inflammation throughout the body. And what's interesting is these bacteria also communicate with our brain and they also help metabolize things. For example, estrogen, estrogen is actually metabolized through the gut. So let's just say you have high levels of bad bacteria. You can't remove estrogen effectively from your body. And that can create something called estrogen dominance. For a lot of women, this can lead to heavy menstrual cycles, PMS, weight gain, Guys can get man boobies because they're not eliminating estrogen properly, all because of the bacteria in their gut. So with the bloating specifically, when you have a overgrowth of bacteria, the bacteria are actually eating what you eat. So it's not just what you eat. It's also what your bacteria are, are eating every single day. And when you eat an avocado, you're feeding specific type of bacteria in the gut. When you are eating pasta and cookies, you're feeding other type of bacteria in the gut. So our diet plays a big role, but what you see happens when we have an overgrowth of bacteria, they're fermenting on those foods. So I always give the example, if you've ever seen how bread is made. So there's yeast, right? And or like how bread used to be made, I should say. There's yeast and then we give the yeast some sugar and it's like an itty little amount of yeast. And what we see happens is the yeast eats the sugar, and they incorporate that in the dough. And what happens to the dough? It rises and it gets huge this big. That's all the gas that is produced 
from that yeast. So the exact same process actually happens in our gut. So you can imagine now if you have dysbiosis and imbalance of bacteria, you have the bloating, this can lead to a slowdown of motility, constipation, because they actually produce various types of gas. They produce a hydrogen or methane gas. You can literally test positive um, as if like you did an alcohol breathalyzer um, because of the bacteria and the gas that they're producing. And the gas can slow down motility. Some bacteria actually trigger inflammation. And if you have something called intestinal permeability, which is your gut lining is broken down from inflammation, from poor diet and stress, we now start to see bacteria, foods, toxins leaking into the bloodstream, triggering massive, now full body inflammation. And this is where we start to see autoimmune conditions. We start to see mental health issues because it impacts, impacts inflammation throughout the entire body, especially in the brain. So now you kind of start to see, okay, it makes sense. Hormone issues. All right, we got thyroid. Thyroid, our conversion of our thyroid hormone takes place in the gut. So when the gut is off, bacteria imbalances, when we have intestinal permeability or inflammation, it's going to affect literally every system in the body. Wow. I just threw a lot at you. <laughs> okay. So I went to, an, are you familiar with the wellness way? Mm-mm, I'm not. It's like, um, what do you call them? Anyway, I think it's a chain that you can, you know, sign up for, but they have a process of like doing blood work and then testing your blood for the types of food that are irritable to you and the foods that you should be eating more of, right? Like a food sensitivity test? Food sensitivity test. Yeah, that's one of the things they do. And then they recommend like certain types of diets and obviously their pills and whatever else. So I got one of those tests done and like they had so many foods on there, like tomatoes and pepper and uh, obviously dairy and, and gluten and wheat was on there as well. But I'm like, there was vegetable, kale was one that stood out to me. I'm like, this is insane. I don't know how it was so restrictive. I'm like, I'm not, I'll, I'll do some of this stuff, but I got to have my tomatoes. <laughs> so my question to you is if you had 10 people that showed up to you and, and said, you know, I'm getting bloating, I feel kind of depressed and you ran a blood test on all 10 of them, what's the probability that all 10 of them kind of need to be placed on the same diet or will each one need a specific diet? Like do our bodies do our bodies react differently to different foods individually? Yeah. So yes and no. So I'm going to answer this in kind of two parts because there are certain kind of dietary recommendations that I think that most everybody should follow. Okay. And then there are individual genetic you know, predispositions that allow certain foods to work better for a body. Maybe there is a food allergy. Maybe this has to do with the bacteria that are in your gut. Mm -hmm. And that can also play a big role in the foods that are going to work best for your body. Now, food sensitivities, though, they're actually not part of the root cause, believe it or not. And I had to learn this actually through my own practice because I used to do the exact same thing. I'd say, hey, let's do a food sensitivity test. 
And then people would come back with a laundry list of 20, 30 foods that they're sensitive to, and we'd pull them out of their diet and we'd hope that that would fix things, right? Well, no. Why are we sensitive to all of these foods? Um, the gut. It always goes back to the gut. So the gut is creating a sensitivity to these foods, but it's not a true food sensitivity in terms of um, an allergy type immune response. That's actually something called an IgE immune response. For most people, those don't go away. However, food sensitivities, you can actually develop over time based off of where your gut microbiome is at. And if you have any intestinal permeability and what we actually see is when you have something called a leaky gut or intestinal permeability, we're getting food leaking through our gut lining, which is only one cell layer thick into the bloodstream. And that is triggering an immune response, mm. creating antibodies to that food. So now you do a blood test or, or a food sensitivity test and you come back with antibodies to this food, but the food's not the problem. It's the integrity of the gut. So that means we need to heal and repair the gut. Now, in terms of a diet that most people should follow. So someone asked me that once before. They're like, what is the most optimal diet? And I was like, real whole food, um, <laughs> real food, unprocessed, unrefined, local and organic if possible, without herbicides, pesticides. So this is wild caught fish, grass fed beef. I'm a big bison fan. Um, this is going to be pastured chicken, um, cage-free eggs. So good, high quality animal protein. We are meant to eat protein. Um, our body needs it. Um, not only for supporting our skeletal muscle mass, but actually a lot of our neurotransmitters in our brain, serotonin and dopamine are made from amino acids. Um, there's actually an amino acid called glutamine that is so essential for supporting your gut lining. So if we're not getting high quality protein, this can also be detrimental to our brain, our gut. And we know muscle mass, it's not just about looking good naked, but it plays a huge role in our metabolic function and longevity. So we need protein. We need to get in a good amount of healthy fats. Again, whole food based avocados. We need to get in olive oil. Um, we need to get in some maybe raw nuts and seeds. But if you notice, a lot of these aren't things like fried foods, processed foods, the breads, the chips, the pasta, all of these hyper palatable foods that leave us addicted to them that wreak havoc on our gut and our mental health. And when we can start to get back to the basics, this is when we can actually start to improve our gut. So high quality fats, which we'll get a lot of those too from our proteins. So egg yolks, um, we need to not be afraid of fats. Fats are essential and they actually help create all of our hormones. But not like the Whopper, you know, the triple Whopper fat. No, no Whopper <laughs> fats. No, those, so like, and if you think about it too, those fats are coming from processed animal proteins. So you also see everything now online today about, you know, like animal protein is bad. And it's like, well, yeah, I wouldn't eat a big Whopper either and trust that kind of protein. Um, but also what are you comparing your protein to? Is this a very processed type animal protein or are you comparing this to like a grass fed and finished steak? right? These are going to affect the body very differently. They have different types of fats in them. There's a ton of omega-6s, which are pro-inflammatory fats in some of the more processed type meats, um, especially grain-fed meats. Because if you think about it, cattle 
they're not meant to eat grains. When did they ever eat grains? They like roamed on the field, they ate grass, and it created a very lean cow. And then we would eat the cow and it was good for our health. But then we started to mess with their diet to fatten them up, inject them with hormones. And now the meat is different and there's a lot different types of fats in those two that negatively affect our body. So also it's not just what we eat. It's also what the animal we eat eats. That plays a big role there too. But most people aren't educated enough for that, right? I'm, I'm lucky enough that my wife actually just buys organic stuff. Like her thing is organic, wild caught, kind of like everything you're saying. It's music to my ears because I'm hearing it at home. Now we got a kid who's got uh, celiac. So there's, you know, that's pretty restrictive in itself. And to feed him some calories, we got to go in a few different directions, but she'll get gluten-free pasta and make her own cheese and, you know, make that for him for, to give him some calories so he can grow. But most Americans, right. And, And by the way, I had this misconception too, that if you order a salad, it's healthy. Until I realized that, you know, when they made restaurants put calories next to the the menus in some states, I remember just glancing in the salad at like Outback Steakhouse that had cheese and whatever else they put on it. It was like 1300 calories for one salad. And that's Mm -hmm. the appetizer, you know, Um, people, people aren't educated enough for that. So uh, um, a busy mom who's grocery shopping and she walks into you know, whatever food store is next to her and sees steak or ground beef, she just picks it up, cheapest price, let's go. I didn't even know that they fed cows grains <laughs> until you just said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most, unless it says grass-fed and actually grass-fed and finished, you can assume that it's actually grain-fed. And what they'll even do, they'll put grass-fed, so start them off on grass and then finish them on grains and still label it as grass fed. Um, but unless it's grass fed and finished, they probably actually ate grains. The fat moves them up faster. Wow. Had no idea. Like we're trying to be healthy as American people, well, the ones who are trying to be healthy. And mm-hmm. I feel like the, the food industry really manipulates it the way they market stuff. Yeah. We have a food industry that pays no attention to health. And then we have a health industry that pays no attention to food. So what is everybody after? Money. Money. Yeah. They're after your money. And they want you to be addicted. You become sheep. Become just like everybody else. And Mm -hmm. we can be controlled. And it is addictive. Like you don't realize how addictive it is. I did. uh, You familiar with the 75 hard challenge? Oh, yeah. For sure. So I did that two years ago. And for the diet, I chose no carbs, no dairy, no sugar, like processed sugar, right? I could have fruits and things like that, mm-hmm. but no chocolates or candy. I got to tell you, the, the first few days, because uh, I used to eat lunch and I would have a dessert, maybe a little ice cream, maybe a little sweet, but that's how I knew that my lunch was over. I had a little sweet. Mm-hmm. And when that went, that sweet went away, I found myself to be irritable, angry, like just anxious. I, I wouldn't leave the kitchen because I'm looking for something to replace that with. It was very, very strange and weird, but it truly is addictive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And there's two different things that is happening there. One, 
the bacteria in your gut, right? So when you were eating the ice cream and a lot of the high sugar food, you were feeding different types of bacteria in your gut. And those bacteria can actually play a big role in cravings. And then also we are releasing a lot of dopamine when we're eating a lot of those types of foods, high sugar foods, like they're reward type foods and dopamine is going to be very addictive. So it's the gut bugs. And then it's also the neurotransmitter response that our brain is getting that keeps us addicted and we should enjoy our food, right? You like steak. I would imagine. Grilled some lamb chops and steak this week. Right. And so you'll get a steak, a badass, maybe some lamb chops and steak. Let's say you cook up like a sweet potato with that. You got some, like some broccoli too, that you roasted and some like good avocado oil. You seasoned it very well. You know, you'll enjoy that meal and you'll eat until you feel full and satisfied. And then you'll push it away and you'll say, I'm good. And that's a natural response of how our body should respond. This food was good. I enjoyed it, but I'm good. And I don't need any more. Now give somebody those hyper palatable foods that taste so good, that cause a massive dopamine response, sugar, salt, those different kinds of fats combined. You know, that's what the food industry does. They literally create these foods with the perfect combination of salty and sweet and crunchy and savory combined. So you are addicted to them because your dopamine goes crazy in the brain and you can't stop eating. Like think about getting, let's say a pint of ice cream or some chips. You will eat that whole thing and it won't even phase you. Right. But give somebody a steak, broccoli, sweet potato, they enjoy. They'll say this was good, but I'm full. Wow. So if you guys have not yet paused this and gone to Rachel's Instagram account to see even a picture of her and like her fitness videos and what she's doing, you should do that because what you'll see is a pretty shredded six pack. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, if that's Photoshop, I don't really think it is because I've seen videos. My question for you is what, what is your kind of um, diet look like on a daily basis? Hmm. Good question. So I'm, I'm very much a creature of habit because as I'm running a business and I got my coaching clients and I don't, I don't like thinking about food. Now I enjoy my food, but food doesn't control me except maybe a little bit of dark chocolate every now and then. And then coffee, like those are my two, like, all right, I'm having a treat. Give me some chocolate, dark chocolate, which is good for your gut. Actually high amounts of polyphenols. We're not talking about the the milk chocolate or anything like that. I'm talking about like 80% or higher. Those are my two little treats that I have. Now, every single meal, you'll always see that I have protein first. So it's a very high protein forward diet. So in the morning, it's typically eggs. I have three with some chicken breast. So a good amount of protein. Lunch, um, salmon, chicken, bison. I actually love bison. A little hack, bison is always grass-fed. They don't feed bison grains. So it's a very high quality animal protein. They don't have bison factories like they do for cattle. So there's actually a good amount of omega-3s and less inflammatory fats in bison. What about chemicals or steroids? None of that? I don't think there is, there's very much okay. of that, at least. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say anything hundred percent there. Cause I don't know. 
But and we're not talking about the bison yeah. burger at Burger King, you guys. I don't even think they have a bison burger, do I'm they? I'm pretty sure they do. They have a bison burger? Wow. Okay. Don't go check that out. <laughs> their game, Burger King. This show is sponsored by Burger King, by the way. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, so very protein forward with all my meals. Um, the other parts is the fats, right? You've already heard me touch a little bit on the fats. So I have a good amount of fats with all of my meals. In the morning, it's typically coming from my egg yolks. Um, at lunch, olive oil, avocado. Um, I t- tend to have like for lunch, a salad full of arugula, olive oil, avocados. I'll put some blueberries in there. Actually, it's super yummy, which uh, blueberries are very low in sugar. They're high in antioxidants. They're, they're something called a polyphenol, which our gut loves polyphenols. And then for dinner, I also have usually some kind of a good healthy fat. And then all of my meals will also then have some kind of a fiber or a starch. So we really didn't get a touch on the carbohydrate side as we were talking earlier, but fiber is an indigestible carbohydrate. So what does that mean? We don't break it down, but the bacteria in our gut do. So indigestible fibers are going to be leafy greens, the cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, um, bok choy, and then starches, things like sweet potatoes, uh, little baby red potatoes, they can actually contain a good amount of resistant starch. And believe it or not, if you actually eat a potato that's been cooked and cooled, it has less calories in it than the actual cooked potato that you eat right away. And that's because when you cook and cool the potato, some of the bonds of the starch turn into a resistant starch. And very similar to the fiber, it resists digestion and it feeds good bacteria in your gut. So you'll see in all my meals, obviously a protein, fat, and fiber with all of them. Um, I backload my starches. So at the end of the day, I'll usually have some sweet potato, get some resistant starches there. I also train pretty hard, right? So I'm in the gym. I lift heavy things pretty much every single day. Um, No cardio. So I do some starches, but I don't overdo them. I'm very much protein forward. And then little bonuses for gut health are fermented foods. Are you familiar with fermented foods? Yeah, I just had some kimchi. Yeah. Oh, I love kimchi. Yeah. Yeah. For those listening, it's um, it's actually a pre-broken down food. So the fibers have been broken down from bacteria because that's what bacteria do with fiber. But before you've eaten it, and they've actually created bacteria. So these are probiotic foods, sauerkraut, kimchi, miso. Um, Sometimes there's things like kombucha, but they can have a good amount of sugar in them that are also great for increasing the diversity of the good bacteria in your gut. So gut healthy meal, protein, fats, fiber, maybe some starches in there, fermented foods. And that's what honestly, most of my meals look like. It's nothing fancy. Um, I don't track macros. I don't track calories. I did for a really long time. And now I just listen to my body. I focus on having good gut health and I just know what works for me. I really appreciate you sharing that. There's a concept. I think I heard this from Jesse Itzler about food combining. Are you familiar with that? Yes. What do you... Sounds like you really, I mean, you're throwing steak, blueberries, some kimchi, some avocados all together. You're not too worried about food combining. One of the, one of the principles that 
they said is like only eat fruit until noon. I, I remember reading that book and only eat fruit until noon and never eat fruit right after you ate a meal. Usually eat the fruit first and then the meal. Does that, is that, does that make any sense to you? I honestly don't know enough in that area to probably give some solid advice. Um, I know it has worked for me and a lot of my clients has worked very, very well for optimal health and have never had any issues with that. So I think that we're we're getting like super nitpicky at that point of like eat it in this perfect order and all this stuff. And it's like, like most people can't even eat like healthy food to begin with. And now we're telling them like, don't eat blueberries until after your meal, because it's going to do something to like, it's if people can just start eating real whole food. And like, that's the one thing they start to do. Like they just get rid of all of the processed food, everything that comes in a bag or a box or has a long list of ingredients. Like they're going to be doing pretty good. They'll be doing better than most people. And then I think, you know, we do complicate it with those things. And I, I get it. I love like getting into the science and the biohacking that you heard me talk just like for the last 30 minutes about the bacteria in our gut. Um, but I mean, I think is what is your goal? Right. That's always what's going to matter most. Hopefully it's to feel good, right? <laughs> like just to yeah. feel really good, light and energized. And yeah, that's, that's probably the goal. Let me ask you, what do you, what's your thoughts on intermittent fasting? Big fan. Okay. Yeah. I intermittent fast actually most days, um, mainly for productivity reasons, because I have a much higher energy output when I'm in a fasted state. Um, now I do have some fats actually put in my coffee in the morning, a little bit of some coconut oil and ghee, and that can actually keep me well satiated up until I have breakfast time, but I'm up pretty early. I mean, I'm up four 30 most days, you know, I do fasted workouts, come back home and then I jump into eating all of these meals. So I do intermittent fasting and with a lot of my clients, I'll even have them do extended fasts. Again, it kind of depends on the purpose. If it's for fat loss, if it's for healing the gut, um, when we can go past 24 hours with fasting, we can tap into a process called autophagy. So auto meaning self, phagia meaning eating. So what's happening there is our cells are kind of eating themselves. It's like survival of the fittest. So it's like a self-cleaning mechanism. So it's actually awesome for people who have things like cancer. They have inflammation in the body because we're actually cleaning out a lot of these old cells in the body. So if your goal is, let's say that, like doing some extended fast can be awesome. We also know for people who maybe have insulin resistance, fasting is a great way to help, you know, kind of empty out some of that excess blood sugar in the body. So it can be a little bit good for fat loss. I think fasting is awesome for anybody who is uh, type two diabetic, getting their body a bit more fat adapted and then doing some extended fast. So yeah, big fan of fasting. And so what, when you're saying fasting for, for intermittent fasting, what are the hours that you're eating versus not eating? I'm not super strict myself, but typically I'm done eating by, you know, 7 30 each night. Mm-hmm. And then I won't eat breakfast until hmm, like 9, 10 a.m. Okay. most days. So it's not, 
I mean, there's days where I'll extend it. I won't eat until 11, but it's for me. It's like you either eat now or you don't, and then you get the shakes and you don't feel so good. Uh, And I'm also lean. I'm somebody who is probably maintains as a female 15% body fat. So when I fast, I can very easily drop my blood sugar and go into the shakiness and kind of get a little bit hangry. Um, Where somebody, let's say, who is at 23% body fat, you know, they can probably do it a little bit easier than I can. So it also depends on where is your current body composition at. Yeah, I don't even want to tell you where mine is at, but <laughs> fast. I'm I'm getting more into the whole food diet. Got a uh, trainer right now. I work out with a group called F3 uh, a few times a week, so we're doing pretty good there. You're an amazing, obviously nutritionist. You're very knowledgeable, but there are millions of not maybe not millions. There's hundreds of nutritionists. And I don't mean this in any way, shape, or form to be disrespectful to you, who probably know more than you do in this arena, but nobody knows who they are. (laughs) Yet you have hundreds of thousands of followers. So not only are you great, and by the way, Bedros mentioned you in his uh, one of his latest podcasts. I'm a huge fan of his new podcast that he just launched. And um, he mentioned some of your successes in that show a couple of weeks ago. So not only are you a great nutritionist, you are an amazing businesswoman. Can I say woman? Last time I said woman to a lady I was interviewing, felt like she got offended. She made me say persons. It was like, I wasn't. Uh, Oh, no. You can say woman, right? Okay. Please call me a woman. Please. Okay. I love it. So (laughs) you're an amazing businesswoman. What's the secret to your success? Like if you had to pinpoint it, what would you say it is? Oh my goodness. I don't know if I could put that in one word. You don't have to put it in one word. (laughs) You said I have you for 11 more minutes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Why did I think you said one word? Um, I've always had the knowing this knowing that I was meant for something really, really big. And there was something I was always called to do. I've known this since I was a little girl. I can still hear my dad's broke up Toyota Camry screeching up to my school with the brakes where I'm like begging him to park down the road. So nobody sees me in his car because I was so embarrassed um, to my family who foreclosed on our home as a little kid living off of McDonald's stored Halloween candy, eating shit food. Mm. Like I, I, that was my life. And I feel like I had what's called you know, instead of PTSD, I had PTG, right? And post-traumatic growth, where I looked around at my life with my family who was addicted to drugs, alcohol, numbing. Um, I was neglected a lot as a kid. And I just, I think it was a subconscious decision. I don't think as a little kid, I like literally made this decision, but I, I knew that I was meant to create something with my life that wasn't that. And what's so interesting about success is if you see anybody who is successful, you see anybody who is wealthy, at one point in time, there was a family that wasn't. And then the one came along, right? The one came along. Give me chills, Rachel. Who changed the trajectory of the entire family 
who said, I'm going to create something for my family. I'm going to think big. And I was that person for my family. You're the one. I decided to create something, to chase my dreams, to bet on myself, to go after everything. And I was hungry. Like I was hungry. And I, I'm still hungry to this day. You could ask Pedros. Um, I'm in my third year of coaching with him. And I'm probably one of his most like, I would say annoying client, but I'm, I go after what I want. And part of that has been where I came from, but also just having that knowing inside of me. And that's really the mission that I've been on. And I believe that my mission is really helping other people realize their God-given potential. You know, I love gut health. I love healing, but it's actually far more than that. And abundance is actually, by the way, not wealth. You know, wealth is essentially possession of things. It's money. Abundance is completely different. Abundance says I can do anything that I set my mind to. Abundance is incredible relationships. It's incredible health. You know, it is spiritual groundedness and a connection with something greater than you and a mission and a purpose that goes far beyond you. But I also believe that it had to happen to me so it could happen through me so it could happen for other people. Because if it doesn't happen for me, it can't happen through me. So I feel like I was always given this gift to serve other people and also create change the trajectory of my family, the trauma trajectory, you know, that my entire family had been based on for, for generations. So yeah, that's probably my secret. I felt your passion there. Wow. Wow. You know, I teach sales quite a bit and I, you know, if I had to define what sales is, it's a transfer of emotion, being able to transfer what you feel about your product or service to another person. You just did that. I'm like, you pumped me up. Absolutely. Kudos to you, Rachel. Now um, talk to our listeners about your business. So if somebody's you're in Texas now, congratulations. And if somebody wanted to speak with you or coach you, you coach people all over the, I'm assuming the world, not just locally, correct? Correct. We are a fully virtual telehealth practice. So we can serve people anywhere in the United States, but actually almost everywhere in the world. I won't say everywhere and use our functional medicine approach. So we can even do all the lab testing, gut microbiome, hormones, thyroids, adrenals, micronutrients, toxin testing. These are all of the labs that we look at when someone is coming in in-depth analysis of their nutrition and their lifestyle and really helping them create a root cause plan for not only their body to heal, but also reach their most optimal health. So we offer a free 30 minute call for anybody who's interested. Um, you can book that on my website, rachelshear.com. We call it like a root cause analysis, kind of diving into what's going on with you and your health. Um, on top of that, I actually do business coaching too. This is something that I started I think a few months ago, I felt like it came to me. I remember asking Bedros, I was like, Bedros, do you think? He's like, Rachel, there are so many people who are business coaches out there who haven't done nearly everything that you've done. He's like, yeah, you're, you're ready to do it. And it's been so cool because it's came so easy to me 
as I've been stepping into that. And I love it. So it's, that's my new passion too, of, you know, helping women and men, but I, I will say I work more with women really elevate and create their own mission of impact, turning their pain, their story, what they've walked through, turning that outward and creating a huge mission of impact behind it. Because when we can do that, that's where we can really step into our purpose. And I think that's where healing becomes full circle. That's what I did for myself with my own gut issues, my health issues that I shared with you here earlier at the podcast. And I love more, nothing more than being able to help people do the same thing with their story. Wow, Rachel, you're incredible. I'm so glad that you spent the time with me today. Is there anything that you were hoping I would ask you that I did not? No, you've been awesome. This has been great. Awesome. Well, you got a huge new fan, uh, even bigger fan now than I was when we first started the podcast. And if you're listening and you still haven't paused it, stop being stubborn. This is why you haven't hit your goal. Get over to Instagram, check out Rachel Shears profile and she's got the very first square is pinned it talks about how to get into her world there might be a giveaway or something there but um this is a woman you definitely want to be connected to because i didn't realize how important gut health was i hope you learned as much as i did today but what i do know is that when we don't feel well we cannot do well if you have big goals to hit in 2023 Start with the root cause. Start with how you're feeling because when you're feeling good about yourself, when you're feeling good inside, you're going to show up to the world so much better. And with that, I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode and uh, we'll see you next week. If you haven't yet done so, get over to Facebook and join Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Mastermind. I'll see you guys there. Rachel, have an awesome day. You were amazing. Thank you, everyone. You've listened to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a nice review. And if you're not a part of our tribe on Facebook, be sure to head over to Facebook and join Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Tribe. I look forward to speaking with you in the tribe. Have a great day.